This is the SP Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, preps reporter with SB Live. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, week seven is on tap. It's it's hard to even say those words, uh, but this season has flown by, and we have predictions. Uh, for some of the top games across the state that we will be at this week. The we I'm speaking of is my co-pilot on this ship, senior reporter with SB Live, Pride of Tacoma, and uh, your pal and mine, Todd Millis. Todd, thanks for being here. Uh, how, how's this week treating you leading up to week seven? Wonder, Andy. It's, it is week seven, and it, would you consider this the start of the stretch run? of the season week seven it kind of feels that way right you know we're talking about a lot of league championship or games with league championship or divisional championship implications it just feels like from here on out that you know we're kind of starting the it's sort of the stretch of, of crunch time here so but would you consider this kind of the uh the start of the stretch run yeah i think so i mean it's it's you know of course i think we have you know the 4A game of the year this week, this week in Graham Kapausen and Sumner, which we'll talk about uh, later on. But but you're right. Like week six last week, there were so many great matchups across the state. Uh, you know, you had O'Day Eastside Catholic. You had you know Gonzaga Prep Central Valley. You had Kennewick Kamiakin, and those are great matchups every year. But especially this year, given how uh, good those teams were, uh, how their records looked, and it felt like the matchups really defined week six. But here, when we turn the page to week seven, every game matters. You know, this is th- this is the time of year where we get, you know, those really fun, uh, you know, close games, and, and teams are kind of looking to to nip playoff contenders in the bud. And you know, we're we're locking in week ten matchups uh, this time of year. We're locking in playoff seeds, and and like you said, us. Uh, you know, league title pictures are being formulated. So we've got a lot of those to talk about here. But uh, before we get into that, Todd, I, I want to get into, um, I want to just mention uh, player lists uh, highlighting the top players at each position across the state are going to start to go live on the site here in the next few days as you listen to that, or as you're listening to this, uh, maybe they are already live. The best way to find our work, as always, is on scorebooklive.com slash Washington or the SB Live Sports app, which you can download for free uh, in your app store. It's the best way to find our work. It's the best way to find uh, you know, our drumbeat work throughout the week, uh, game coverage throughout the weekend, a live scoreboard, and then uh, top 10 highlights uh, across the state. So uh, player lists are on the way, starting with a breakdown of the state's top quarterbacks, the state's top linebackers, and then we will continue to release those. So please be on the lookout. I know those things generate a ton of, of interest uh, when they come out and, and you know touch on all corners of the state and all classifications. So lots to look forward to there. Keep your eyes out. In addition to that, each weekend uh, as a part of our coverage, uh, I rally and round up the top highlights of the week as well as the top performers across the state. And just to kind of give uh, listeners a, an idea of like what that looks like, uh, you know, a lot of teams across the state don't report box scores to max preps or don't report box scores. Uh, publicly in any way and information can be hard to track down and so when we don't have 
a player who you know had a great performance uh, over the weekend, if we don't have them on our top performance list, it's not because we don't think they didn't play well um, or we don't think they played well. It's because we probably didn't know about their performance. So the best way to put that on our radar is to reach out to us. Uh, I'm at Andy Bueller. Uh, on Twitter, Todd's at Many Hats Millis. Uh, email works great too. Uh, you'll find my contact information on the top of those top performers, uh, top stars of the week post, as well as our highlight package, which we run uh, and, and unveil through the week. So highlights, top performers, uh, please, if you see them and you you know of you know a friend, a, a, a son, a teammate, uh, or you know a player of yours, if you're a coach listening. Uh, please send those our way. Uh, we always like to highlight great performances and, uh, and you know, sometimes it takes your help to do that. So, uh, anything I missed there, Todd? No, we're a friend of scorekeepers. I'd like to think, you know, if scorekeepers want to, you know, email or give us a call or text us, we're always open to that too. It doesn't have to be head coaches. It can be assistant coaches. It can be scorekeepers. It can be, like you said, family. Um, you know, I, I don't think, kids fib their stats. If kids want to reach out and they're proud of what they accomplished on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, we want to get the, the best kids in all corners of the state represented on a weekly basis. If you are a player or a coach or a parent and you fib stats, submitting them to our top performers, uh, post throughout the week, uh, that, that might be the end of, of that player, seeing a top performers list and we talk to a lot of coaches so don't do that uh, although i trust that that nobody will without further ado let's get into these pickums uh, there are a ton of games across the state that have a ton of meaning uh, we are going to start with a couple thursday games one of them i will be at um, but the one we're going to start with is a game that was not a close game in the spring uh, this is a a league uh, t- uh, league title implications. This will indicate uh, probably who wins uh, the 3A MPSL. Auburn Riverside goes to Auburn Mountain View. Uh, our correspondent, Doug Drowley, will be at that game. Before I give my prediction, Todd, uh, this was a, a blowout in, in the spring. It was the first game of the season. It was, as you wrote in your week seven primer, it was Greg Hurd's first game as a head coach. Uh, and it was not a particularly close one. Uh, do you think it's going to be a 52 to 13 Auburn Mountain View win this time around or something similar to that? Or do you predict something else? Well, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. And you mentioned it was Greg Hurd's first game coming off a long COVID pause. Um, a lot of sophomores on that team. I, I, I think this team is, has grown up a lot in the five, six months you know, seven months since that game. Um, they're big on both sides. Uh, Jace Villers has had a really good fall. I think that might sort of go unnoticed, uh, you know, when you when you look at some of what the other top receivers in the state are doing, but he's quietly had a really nice fall for uh, Auburn Riverside. He's an impressive athlete. I mean, he as a sophomore, you saw you saw that in spurts, uh, you know, at 6'3", I think he's around 190. Uh, and there's just not uh, teams. Most teams don't have a Jace Fillers uh, or somebody who can do what he does just athletically. And so it's it's been nice to see him put the pieces together this year and just kind of take that next step with his game. Yeah, and in Auburn Mountain View, you know, Cade Bodine, the quarterback, the really talented dual threat quarterback, has been a little dinged up shoulder. Uh, he's supposed to be back this week. 
They really, the Lions offense really needs him healthy. I think it's going to be a real, it's going to be a barn burner of a game. I think if you ask most coaches in that league, they would pick Auburn Riverside just with their, their size on both lines and their experience. I'm not going to bet against Jared Jervis. I'm not going to bet against Kent, Kent Rodseth, the longtime defensive coordinator, who's really good at, at finding at, at scheming up, you know, different opponents. Yes, I know that Auburn Mountain View lost to Mount Rainier. I, that loss is a is a head scratcher to me. But Auburn Mountain View with with a healthy Cade Bodine and that speed, uh, a pretty good running game. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Lions in a close one. Yeah, and you know it's it's should be kind of that that first close game for Riverside since week two when they played. They had that great shutout or a uh, 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 shootout rather with Auburn. They escaped that game 40-38. to 38. Uh, None of their other games have been particularly close. I should say they, they did beat Mercer Island by two touchdowns in week one. But, you know, at the same time, Auburn Riverside sits here at 5-0. and oh, And so I think, you know, a little credit uh, goes to the Ravens and, and what they've been able to do so far this year. Uh, this certainly will be their biggest task. And, and I, like you said, Todd, I, I agree with you. I take Auburn Mountain View based on... You know what they put together. I I had a, a quick conversation with Cade Bodine uh, at the MPSL Media Day at Auburn High School uh, before the season started. You were there as well, and uh, you know not only is he uh, a, a tremendous athlete, uh, he's he's a really really nice young man too. So uh, they will certainly uh, welcome him back in the lineup. We'll see kind of if he's limited in any way or if there's any kind of adjustment period there, but. Uh, this game's a toss-up for me. That being said, I pick Auburn Mountain View in a close one. Another Thursday game, this one I will be at, and, and I'm really interested uh, in how this one shakes out. In the 4A GSHL, uh, this game could be, and I say could be, uh, for the league title. It's certainly, uh, you know, every year when Skyview and Union play, uh, the 4A GSHL has been a three-team league up top for, uh, you know, the last several years. Uh, you know, in the last four years at the 4A level, three of these uh, of the 4A state champions have hailed from this league. Skyview is not one of those teams. It's been Camus twice in 2016 and 19 and Union in 2018. And the Storm have been knocking on that door. I mean, I, I, I wrote it in Skyview's team preview coming into the season. Uh, they I don't believe they've won an outright league title since like, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this, but like 2011. I mean, it's been a really long time and they've been consistently good every year in the playoffs most every year. And Coach, Ke- Coach Steve Kaiser there, who has been a college football coach, uh, he's, you know, certainly put the, the, the pieces in place and the infrastructure in place for Skyview to break through. Um, I've been a little hesitant to... to you know, declare this will be their year to do so. They've, they've you know, played a, some close games with opponents. I felt like, based on talent, they might have, they should have beat by more. But they really handed it to Union in the spring, escaping that game with a close win uh, on a very good Union team, uh, led by a senior quarterback. You know, Tobias Merriweather housed a kick, Notre Dame commit, housed a, a kickoff uh, for touchdown in the spring. Uh, but at the same time, Union made a ton of mistakes, and, and Skyview's quarterback, senior Clark Coleman, rose to the occasion, made plays on his feet, made plays with his arm. And so I think if I had to guess, Union really, really forces uh, Skyview senior quarterback Nico Ariola to uh, you know, 
take to the air and, and forces him to make plays with his arm, make plays on his feet, uh, and and tries with everything they have to stop that dynamic run game the Storm have the Storm have in Gabe Martin, Thunder, and uh, Jaden Knapp, their Lightning. I like Union in a revenge game, uh, but. They're going to have to be able to get the ball to their weapons out wide. Uh, that's going to be on sophomore quarterback Mitch Radigan uh, to make that happen. I say it's a barn burner, 28-27 Union. What say you, Todd? I just think Tobias Merriweather's playing like a guy in his senior year ready to go to Notre Dame. He's impacting this team in all three phases. Jaden Jones has been fantastic here the last few weeks. I, too, think Union's going to win, and I actually think they're going to win by – I think they're going to win by 10 points. Um, I think this union team's on a mission. I think they're, they want to prove that this is their year to come out of this league and make some noise in the state playoffs. Yeah. It's Jaden Jones has got a tough task ahead of him. That Skyview front seven is no joke. I mean, those guys are big, you know, two weeks ago I was able to see uh, just how tough Kelso's defense is, Um, you know, not only up front, but also in the middle of the pack and their linebacking core, uh, just how hard they played uh, against a good Mountain View team in the second half and how few points they had allowed up until that point. And then I watched what Skyview did to them the very next week, just rendering that defense, uh, you know, uh, exposing a lot of holes and just showing that like, hey, th- there's levels to, like I said on our on our week six in review podcast last episode, there's levels to this, you know, not every team has Skyview size uh, and, and the storm have just been knocking on that door. But again, until until they do it, um, you know, I, I agree with you, Todd. Uh, I think I think the edge goes to union here. Moving on, on Friday, we'll kick things off in the 4A Kinko. Doug Drowley will be out for SB Live at Mount Sai, traveling and taking on Eastlake. Todd, Kyle Snell has Eastlake rolling, uh, but Mount Sai is a team that you don't really want to stick around late in games. They've proven that with pulling out some really impressive wins this season. The post-falls wins comes to mind. Uh, they played Bothell fairly close. Uh, I think the first half is going to be key for the Timberwolves. Uh, I'm sorry, for the Wolves. Uh, but I pick an Eastlake win ultimately. Uh, first-year head coach Kyle Snell, first-year court- starting quarterback Parker Barry Smith and co. 24-17. What say you? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this is. I think Eastlake continues its mission uh, in this particular division. I just think that. With with Griffin Miller and and they're gonna they're gonna welcome Will Eaton back, um, you know you you mentioned Parker Barry Smith, um, they're athletes on the outside. I just think it's it's just a lot to handle. They've got guys that can match up with 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 Mount Sai if Mount Sai decides it wants to to get the ball out on its perimeter to their perimeter guys. I, you know Avery Walker has shown some flashes and he's certainly capable of making big plays. I, I just like the consistency on the other side with Parker Barry Smith and the way he's played um, outside the, you know, the one game against uh, Rainer beach Eastlake is, is, you know, as you know, they, they just, they've just taken care of business. And I, and I think that's going to happen uh, at home. Uh, they're going to have the home crowd behind them and, and they're going to earn that berth to the Kinko 4A championship here in two weeks. I, I like Eastlake by a touchdown as well. All right, up next, this is one that uh, if people aren't going to be paying atten- paying close attention to this game, I think they should probably be paying closer attention on Friday night when Camus 
who sits at two and four, goes up and takes on a defending 2A state champion, a number one team in 2A, uh, the class of the 2A classification uh, in recent memory, the Tumwater T-Birds. Dave Weber is going to be at that game for SB Live. Uh, Camus has taken on a gauntlet of a schedule uh, to start the season uh, under head, uh, interim head coach uh, Jack Hathaway, and they've taken their lumps and you know been really close in, in games late against some really good for a or I'm sorry some really good Oregon State contenders. Starting off Central Catholic, you know Wesleyan Jesuit. Uh, the nice part here is that these teams, Todd, have a common opponent in Central Catholic. Camus opened the season playing Central Catholic on the road. And uh, as we know, Tumwater had a, a COVID shuffle reschedule game, last minute game against Central Catholic. The Rams traveled all the way up to Tumwater and, and that game went to overtime, which I think says more about Tumwater than it does about Central Catholic, that they can take an Oregon big school power uh, to the wire like that. Of course, the T-Birds dropped that game, but can I, can I get a little messy with you, Todd? I like Camus in a shootout. I, I'm, I'm going on record. And, 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 you know, the Papermakers had a tremendous win over Mountain View last week. Uh, you know, Mountain View, a team that cracked our 3A top 10, and Camus at 1-4 and four went and just thrashed him. I mean, you know, just, it was their, by far the best that that team had looked all year. Uh, they're playing with anger. Uh, Camus is not used to having a one and four or two and four record. Although, uh, you know, I think anyone who takes, you know, even more than a cursory glance can show that this team's a lot better than their record. Their record says. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, I think this would be the ultimate statement win for the papermakers. And and I just every year, I the four A GSHL uh, picture uh, league title picture is just it, it's always a three team picture. It feels like and. There are always unexpected twists and turns, and we saw that in the spring with uh, there being a three-team tie and Camus coming out from a COVID pause after dropping a clunker to Union in week one and winning just a, an absurd overtime game against Skyview, one of, the, one of the best high school sports games I've ever been to. Um, I think Camus has some magic in him. I think Jack Hathaway gets his signature win. Uh, I think Taylor Yanni uh, continues to keep on rolling, but he's got to do it against Peyton Hoyt and a really tough Tumwater team. Uh, Papermakers shock the world, uh, 31-29. What do you think, Todd? What, what do I think? I think I'm going to take my your address, your home address, and I'm going to give it to Austin Terry, and I'm going to give it to Ryan Otten before the game, and I'm going to have them listen to the, that minute clip and that prediction and we're all gonna, we're all gonna chuckle. We're, you're picking Camus to come and beat Tumwater at Tumwater this week. We pick a lot. If listen, if Vegas made odds for high school sports games, uh, a lot of our picks on a week to week basis are uh, would I think fall in line with those odds? Would fall in line with the expected winners? And, and I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have been really accurate on, on these predictions uh, throughout the season. That being said, like I, I got to shake it up at some point, and I just there's something about it, Todd. Like these, you you just don't want to you don't want to underestimate Camus under any circumstance. No, I, I mean, would I have liked to see these two teams play in 2019? Absolutely, that would have been a beastly game. And and Camus was so good; they were they were the best team in 4A. 
Tom Otter was clearly the best team in the 2A. They were both top five teams in the state. Now, either of these teams, neither of these teams are as good as 2019. That's not an indictment on them. Why I like Tom Water is Camus's defense has been opportunistic. We knew that that was the strength of that team. The question is, can this Camus offense score enough points? And I, I Camus is going to have to to beat Tom Water. They're going to have to do what they did last week against Mountain View. They're going to have to. They're going to have to get, I'm not saying score five defensive touchdowns, but they're going to have to create some turnovers. And this wing tee that Tumwater runs just doesn't really allow for that to happen. Um, now that they've had, you know, uh, Alex Overbay, they've, they've got kind of gotten him back. He's, he's healthy. They, they give, gives this offensive passing element. Like I said, you know, Austin Terry, Ryan Otten, two really good tight ends. Uh, you, you know, Peyton Hoyt has been running the football. I, I like Camus. I, don't get me wrong. I like Camus. I just don't know if this offense can can match what Tom Waters' offensive output's going to be uh, on on Friday. I I do think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be less than a touchdown. I think Tom Water wins 29-24. Well, it speaks to Tom Water and and you know the the way that Bill Beatty has carried the torch from Sid Otten that we're sitting here and you're flabbergasted that I'm. Uh, saying that you know a, a 4A the the defending 4A state champion uh, you know doesn't have a shot going up and, and playing uh, 2A powerhouse Tumwater. Uh, that being said, this this you know both of these teams are technically defending state champs since the, uh, that state championship was not played in the spring uh, originally before the season got shortened because of COVID. Um, these teams had each other on the schedule last year, and I, I would have loved to have seen that game too. Uh, so we're finally getting it. Finally getting it six months later. Um, we'll have to see. We'll, when we talk on Sunday for our, our week seven in review podcast, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, uh, and relitigate this. How about? Yeah, I can. Hey, I'm a, I'm a big enough man to admit a mistake. If Camus comes up and wins at uh, Sid Otten Field in front of the legend uh, in a game that Tom Water's been really salivating over for months and months, I think they were a little disappointed that game didn't get played last spring, Andy. And now they get Camus to come to their place in the fall. Um, they need this big game. They need a they need a competitive game as they move forward. Uh, you know, in, in the two A playoffs and stuff. Um, I, I I think Camus is going to give them all it can handle. But I just don't see this Camus offense matching what Tom Water can do in that wing team. Equally likely, if not more, that that I'll be on Friday. Uh, you know, refreshing the scroll on the Washington uh, scores page on the SB Live Sports app. And, and I'll see Tumwater running away with this game, and I'll I'll, I'll just throw my dunce cap on. Uh, but we'll see. We'll talk about it on the weekend <laughs> when, when we record on Sunday. And, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, best of luck to both teams. Up next, uh, here's here's a real intriguing game. Uh, we know the Metro League, as we talked about on our last podcast, Todd, is wide freaking open right now. Eastside Catholic coming off of big wins, back to back. Seattle Prep, O'Day. Forced eight turnovers against the O'Day Fighting Irish last week. But can it do the same uh, against Rainier Beach? A team that, that took a Garfield team that was 4-1 and one, that you and I spent a good amount of time talking about, uh, you know, what was brewing there at Garfield with head coach Reg- Reggie Witherspoon uh, on our podcast last week. Now Eastside Catholic takes on Rainier Beach. Neither of these defenses are, uh, I would want to face at any stretch in my life. Uh, I don't, you put me in the best shape in the world. Um, 
I, I wouldn't want to line up against these defenses. I think a lot of teams <laughs> agree with me. Uh, I, I wonder if uh, who's going <laughs> to you know score more than one touchdown. Uh, I think that's going to be the winner. I'm picking 14-10 Eastside Catholic. Uh, the Crusaders have just grinded out wins this year in a way that's just been it's really impressed me given how much it lost on the offensive end, uh, and of course defensively too with with JT Tumalau, the number one recruit in the country uh, now at Ohio State. You know, I'm I'm picking Eastside Catholic 14-10. Uh, just seeing the way that that that. Um, that linebacking core with with David Linnae and, and and Deshaun Misa and Dallas Daly, uh, how solid they were, uh, how how tough it is to run the ball against those guys, and how much you know if they if Rainier Beach decides to to uh, you know air it out a little bit, how much guys like uh, Chance, uh, I'm sorry, how much guys like sophomore Tyson Weaver who had three picks on O'Day last week. Um, really step up because that was the big question mark for Ode- or for Eastside Catholic was, are they going to get those contributions and get guys to step up in key places and uh, kind of inexperienced spots? And, and Rainier Beach is in a similar position, but, you know, I can't imagine Caleb Presley is going to want to allow anything in his zone playing against his old team uh, in man-to-man coverage this weekend. No, you think, well, first off, this is mind-blowing. Between these two defenses, 14 takeaways last week alone. 14. Unbelievable. That is absurd. I think it's also going to be a low-scoring game. And and I've really kind of went back and forth about who I think is going to win this game. Because if you look at, you know, in terms of the big play factor offensively, I, I think Beach has the edge. I think if you look at Jalen Green and what they can do on the outside, Chance Gutties and I, I just like this offense. I think it has a little more juice to it. I, I think you're right. I think, you know, Caleb Presley, I, I don't want to say revenge game because there's no hard feelings, you know, with Caleb Presley. They all knew that Caleb Presley was where he was from and going back to where his brother played and whatnot. So I don't think it's a revenge game, but I don't think I don't think Caleb Presley wants to lose um, on a field that, that, you know, he manned for the other team last spring. Uh I really wanted to pick Rainier Beach in this game, Andy. And then I looked at the history of this of this series, and Corey Sampson's never beaten Eastside Catholic. In fact, I don't know if Corey Sampson's Rainier Beach team has really ever been in a game with Eastside Catholic. It's been a long time since Rainier Beach has beaten the Crusaders. And I looked at it, and I went, yeah, yeah, I just – I can't pick against the Crusaders given all their history, how they've dominated this series. And you like that linebacking core, their defense is playing lights out right now too. And I just think they're going to find a way to win. I think I had it 17, 14 Crusaders at home in Sammamish. Well, we both have really similar predictions. We both expect it to be low scoring and, you say Corey Sampson has never beat Eastside Catholic in his tenure uh, leading that Rainier Beach program. This might be his best shot yet uh, based on based on what both teams bring back and, and just how good Beach looked last week in a game against Garfield. So let's head over, how about, to the 1A Northeast League, Todd. Lakeside of Nine Mile Falls at Riverside. Chatteroy, Washington. Silas Ung and Riverside have been terrific this season. Both teams are undefeated. It's a great 1A top 10 showdown. 
you know, and a league title battle. Riverside won in the spring, 40 to 12. I think it's much closer. I'm predicting Buddy Wood and Riverside taking it 29-21. But they're going to get a great performance from Cole Hunsicker, uh, who's had a terrific season as well. Two great quarterbacks. What say you, Todd? Yeah, I I mean, Cole Hunsicker, he's he's one of the the, the better quarterbacks in, in the small school classification. Got a lot of buzz around him. That offense is... Uh, is a li- probably a little more balanced in its receiving core um, than it was last spring. Uh, you know, it's funny. I asked Buddy Wood about how his secondary is played because he graduated, Andy, every member of that secondary last spring. And that was a team that kind of ripped through this league. Let's, let's be honest, including Lakeside. Uh, if you look at what they're doing uh, at Riverside, it just it's, it's almost like they – you know, you look at Jordan Nortz, he's the lone senior uh, with three sophomores in that defensive backfield. He has seven interceptions uh, at cornerback. Had three, had three two weeks ago against Freeman. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they just sort of picking up where the others left off. Uh, this is going to be a big test, though. I mean, they're in, obviously, uh, with a really good quarterback. I, I, I Again, I like the physical type football that Riverside plays in a league that's been known to play a physical, their, their best teams have always come at the state level and played physical football. I also like Riverside to beat Lakeside as well. All right. Heading to uh, the opposite side of the state to the Northwest conference at the two A level. Haley Palmer is going to be there. Squalicum takes on Cedro Woolley. Dave Ward has Cedro Woolley uh, rolling, man. Five and oh, um, do you think this is going to be a close game? Uh, Squalicum, of course, has taken their lumps this season. Uh, you know, has has a tremendous talent in uh, Lathan Smithson and uh, Ben Schlembacher. Uh, what say you? Do you think this is going to be a close game? Because because I do. Uh, I I kind of like the Cedro Magic this year. You talked about him a couple weeks ago on the podcast. I'm predicting a 2018 win. Uh, what do you say, Todd? This game, Andy, intrigues me more than any game going on around the state this weekend. I, I just the, the the styles are so different. You know, Dave likes to run the wing tee. Uh, Nick likes to pass the ball. You you, you mentioned you know they in two A they might have the maybe the most dynamic offensive backfield in two A. Um, those two guys are are game they're game changers and. You mentioned Ben, you know, as a Wazoo commit. And, and Lathan was one of the best, um, not only wide receivers in Idaho last year, he was also one of the fastest guys in track. So um, that, that's going to be a tall task, uh, you know, for that Cedro defense. But, you, you know, you look at Connor Davis in the year he's having at running back. And you talk about the Cedro magic. How about the Tyson Brown magic? I mean, he comes in from slot back um, and replaces Carson Reynolds when Carson gets hurt. And and they've just been rolling with him at quarterback. Um, he runs the ball. He's been really efficient in the past game. You know, this is a Cedro team, even though it was had one win last spring, um, returned virtually everybody. Uh, and then you bring back your coach who, who took a COVID pause. Um, I think, this is this this is like a championship game for that number two seed um, in the Northwest Conference behind Linden. Um, I do also like Cedro to win this game, a very very close 
kind of grinded out type uh, ball game. Let's move on to Saturday. The game potentially of the regular season coming in week seven. You're going to be there. If Many Hats Millis is there, you know it's a big game. I mean, I mean, goodness. Uh, Graham Kapowzin travels to Sumner, takes on Keith Ross and the Spartans. GK has not shown a, a crack, a chink in the armor, uh, a weakness so far this season as the number one team consensus across the state. Um, still, I think Sumner, I think Sumner's a state semifinal caliber team. Uh, I still think GK wins by two or more touchdowns just because that's how good the Eagles have been this year. The question is, do the Spartans expose something uh, that maybe we haven't seen, maybe a, a weakness in GK? Um, we ask that question every week. The answer has been no, but this might be the best chance for it. I say 31-14 GK. Todd, what do you say? Well, there's a reason why. There's a reason why Keith Ross has been working on the past game with Bo Carlson. Um, I, I suspect he's going to really open it up against GK and really test that secondary. I think if you ask people if they were to nitpick about this team, where do you attack it? I think it would be in the secondary, even though they've, even though they're young, they're very talented back there. And but they've had some injuries too. They've had to to, to really shuffle that lineup around. So I mean, Bo Carlson. Um, not, not a pure passer, but improved enough to be a, a viable threat, uh, has had a, a really good couple weeks against, you know, mid-level for ASBSL defenses here, um, really shown promise, gotten, gotten the ball out to, to different guys out on the perimeter. I just don't know. I, I, I like the approach. I just don't know if Sumner has that game breaker on the perimeter to, really challenge GK. Uh, you know what you're getting on, on the other side with GK. You're getting three running backs here that are going to go right in the middle of that defense. Um, you've got a number one receiver, you know, in Julian Juice Mason. Uh, we all know what Andrew Salanabea has done at tight end. Um, Joshua Wood, recent Eastern commit, the unflappable one, the Northwest Nine reigning senior champ. Mr. Mr. 509, Josh Wood. For 509, you. exactly. Um, and I, I just, where where is Sumner going to get the offense to, I don't think this is going to be a 40 to 35 game, but, it, you know, Sumner's going to have to get to 30 to have a chance. And as much as I really like Bo Carlson and Peyton Wing, Eric Buck, um, some of those, some of those uh, backfield pieces, that, that, but you're going right in the strength of that GK defense, too, uh, with their big pieces, uh, that front seven. So I just don't know where Sumner's going to hurt them on the outside. I, too, think that GK is going to win. I, I, I don't remember what I picked, but I think I had them winning by a couple touchdowns at Sumner. But you're right. Uh, I think Sumner gets the taste of it, move forward, and who knows? Maybe these two teams will, will face each other, uh, you know, October, maybe November. I sure hope so. And for the record, you picked Graham Kapowson 38 to 23. Uh, you also see this as a two touchdown game. So I'm glad we can agree on something. Uh, although most of these we have agreed on. We're going to round this thing up though on Saturday with a great, great game at the 2B level. Uh, hey, listen, Todd, we touch on every classification. You know, we, we covered, I, I, we staffed it, a, an eight man game last week, the eight man game of the year. Uh, and we're going to staff on Alaska at Kalama this week. 
on Alaska, Ani sits here at two and three, uh, but a sneaky two and three because those three losses come in the toughest eight-man league in the state in the Central 2B to Napavine, to Nino, and uh, Lyndon Christian. None of those are particularly bad losses. It just more so reflects the toughness of that schedule. This is also uh, for Kalama, which is 5-0, and and our number one team uh, in 2B from the preseason up until now, they have held. They have the best player in the state in 2B, in Jackson Essary, Kalama does. And this is a rematch of a 2019 state championship game uh, that Ani ran away with. Uh, Ani rolled to a 48-30 win. I sat with Kalama in film session a couple days before that state championship game and just watched Sean McDonald break down just the slog of Ani's just tough nose rush game. And he was sitting there with a group, a, a pretty young group, led by a, a good sophomore quarterback in Jackson Essary. And they're just saying like, look, you have to be so disciplined play after play after play to hang with these guys. And if I'm sitting at 5-0 and and I want to go wire to wire like Kalama does, this is the last team in the world I want to face. That being said, talking to Jackson Essary before this season started out at a Ridgefield uh, Jamboree, he's had this one circled. He's determined to bring his team back and beat this team that, that took uh, his opportunity to win his second state championship away. Uh I like Kalama 27 to 21, uh, but I think this is going to be the Chinook's toughest test to date. You know, Andy, I mean, we remember what kind of happened last spring in this game, right? At Ani. I mean, we were 120 points, 120 points combined. Uh, I just, I, I don't think Kalama can stop Ani. I don't think Ani can stop Kalama. I think it's, it's going to be a continuation of what happened last spring. I just, I just think with, um, I just think Ani had enough, um, too many possessions, too many, too many efficient scoring possessions last, last spring, um, in that game at home, uh, that they pulled out the win over Kalama that, that day. And, um, I, I just, I just don't see a Kalama, uh, let me rephrase that. Okay. What do I say? Three, two, one. I mean, Andy, we remember what happened last spring. This was 120 combined points. Uh, I see this game playing out very similarly than last spring. I think there are going to be a lot of points. I don't think Kalama can stop that triple option um, with that really good three-headed monster in the backfield that Ani has. Uh, And I certainly don't think that Ani can stop that passing attack with Jackson Essary, oh, you know, uh, Doherty Cox. I mean, we can just go on and on. I mean, just a really dynamic set of skill position players, all seniors, all motivated to go win one final state championship before they move on. Um, Jackson Essary is motivated. It's funny. I asked him a little bit about playing Ani, and he just said, man, playing them, you just, it's it's along the lines of your, your mind, tells your body that it's going to be a physical game. And then your body realizes it was a physical game afterward. I think he loves playing against teams like that when others don't, I think he loves being tested in ways physically that he doesn't get to at the 2B level. I mean, Ani's going to push him around and he's going to, they're going to, they're going to tackle him. They're going to gang tackle him. They're going to, you know, maybe hit him out of bounds once or twice. I mean, 
you know, this is how football should be played and, and is, is really sort of regarded in this district. And, um, but I just don't think, I don't think Essary is going to lose and and maybe his final encounter with Ani at home. Um, I like, I like the Chinooks as well, uh, but I do think it's going to be a pretty close game, 40 to 35 maybe, pal. Okay, you're, you're going high scoring. Uh, I, th- I think that based on last year is, is fair. I mean, 68-58 is, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a get-your-popcorn-out. Uh, sit yourself in the seat, and if you're a stat keeper, uh, you're going to have to do some dexterity exercises and, and a cool-down, and maybe your hand's going to be as sore the next day as uh, Jackson Essary's entire body will be. So uh, I like that prediction, Todd. We'll see how we fare this week. Um, we, we didn't do a prediction podcast last week, but two weeks ago we were sitting in pretty good shape. So uh, teams, especially the ones we pick against, uh, based on the texts I get from from coaches and just people weighing in on, on Twitter, I loved uh, I loved seeing athletes taking our predictions, uh, whether it's us or somebody else, putting them on social media after uh, they win in a game they're predicted not to win and saying, hey, look, we, you know, we proved you guys wrong. Put this, th- put this up on the bulletin board, why don't you? Uh, we love, love, love breaking these games down, and we're really excited to bring you coverage of all of these games on the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington and the SB Live Sports app. So for SB Live Washington and SB Live Sports, I'm Andy Bueller. He's Todd Millis. We will catch you online and on the sidelines. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller, as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.